Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Podcast like it. Just podcast like it. Podcast like it's 1999. Hello and welcome to Podcast Like It's 1999, <clears throat> the podcast where we talk about the films of 99 from inside a chubby rainstorm here in 2019. I'm one of your hosts, Kenny Nybart. And I'm Phyllis Gove. And today we are delighted to welcome back. It's been a beat. It's been a beat. Stacey yeah. Traub, Hunter Covington. Yep. Uh, from everyone's favorite they, episode. I think they've decided not oh. to talk. Um, hey, hey. Oh, there they are. Hi. Yeah, from my favorite episode, Thomas Crown. What's your favorite favorite my, yes, yeah. my second least favorite movie of the year. <laughs> what was your insane. least favorite? Chill Factor? Chill Factor. Hunter's been on my <laughs> That's unbelievable. That's correct. That's unbelievable. You're Chill Factor is definitely down there. Chill Factor. You, you've done Chill Factor and... Thomas Crown. And just those two. Yeah, just and, the worst ones. And Stacey, you've done Dick, which I've is done, a good movie. Yeah, it's Dick, movie. Thomas Crown, and here we are for... Phil and I are talking about me possibly doing a movie that I like, which I'm yeah, no, absolutely. So I'm confused. You don't like this movie. This movie is Bowfinger, Eddie Murphy, Steve Martin, Guys, written by Steve Martin. F- honestly, like no, I'm we're we're we're, oh, we, we're, we're going to dive gonna, in. Yeah, no, I didn't expect you to hold back. We're not going to edit ourselves. We're coming with solutions. We we come we pitch solutions. We're not like solutions to this movie. Yeah, we're not staff writers. We're not. I mean, listen, I just just to be above board. This movie isn't perfect. I'm not delusional. There are some things that I have issues with. So we can certainly talk about those issues. You know, look, this could be a situation where you turn us. Where unlikely, but it's possible. Uh, I think I don't think I've ever turned any of you on anything. Actually, I think I've turned you maybe once or twice. You've definitely turned me. I know. Guests, You've definitely guests turned me. have turned me. All for the, sure. Guests, for sure. I get turned by guests. Totally. I've already been turned. I came in pretty high on this movie. Now, not so high. 
But it's so fun to gang up on film with you guys. So I like, want yeah, to because Phil already blast. said he didn't want to do this with the ganging up, and so now right. I feel bad. I will, uh, I will, I will go on record before the podcast and say I did like this movie. Okay. Um, no, so when I, you know, when I change, I'll, I'll just, yeah. You know, when I change, I'll have to only answer to myself and my own, you know, sense of integrity. But I do like this movie. Yeah, yeah. I didn't like it as much as I thought. I liked it. I mean, I think that um, <clears throat> when I saw it in 99, I enjoyed it um, because I went in with basically zero expectations. I'm, I, as I've, I think I said on our, on our Out of Towners episode, which will drop at some point, mm-hmm. uh, I'm not the – like I don't I, – I don't go that deep with Steve Martin. Like I don't really know. He was his sort stuff of like well. before us. It feels yeah. that way. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really and and you know the the SNL with him and even Eddie Murphy and his and, like I don't I don't know that stuff right. that well. And like the Steve Martin <clears throat> King Tut, it like sure. doesn't really hold up. And no. it's like you sort of had to be sure. there. And so I think that's <laughs> yeah, I was there. A lot of, <laughs> how was it? Did it kill? I mean, I was a kid, but yeah, I loved, I mean, I loved, like, we would listen to Steve Martin albums, and I held him in very high esteem. Sure. And then I actually rewatched The Jerk, maybe a few years ago. How does Jerk that hold is up? funny. I loved it. Okay. I really loved really it. So, yeah. okay. the bar f- was is high for me when it comes to Steve Martin. Sure. He has weird kind of stages in his career, though. I mean, I remember liking L.A. Story a yeah, lot. Yeah, I like L.A. Story, too. LA Story I haven't good. watched it all the way through in a while, but when I catch bits and pieces of it on TV, I'm like, oh, yeah, this movie it's is... a better it's, satire. It's than this. Yes. Yeah, I mean, this is this is also... Who directed L.A. Story? I can't remember who it was. It's, it's, he, it wasn't him? It's not... No. Uh, he wrote it for sure. Yeah. I mean, Frank Oz is a very broad, cartoonish filmmaker for the most part. And I think that sometimes that works, sometimes it doesn't. I mean, they have a history of making a bunch of funny movies together. I mean, yeah. Dirty Rotten Scandals is a, it's a funny movie. I like In and Out as well. Like I think that Frank Oz can make funny movies. Mm-hmm. I think Yeah. I, Frank Oz is great. Frank Oz is great. Yeah. I, I think that there's a cartoonish quality to this film, whereas LA Story is relatively grounded. Yeah. I, I would say that. yes. I would say because I think there's something in LA Story that you care about the characters. There's a little more character development. This is, they're just like caricatures. I'm yeah. not, I don't know who I'm rooting for. Yeah. I kind of, uh, well, yes, you're just supposed yes. to be rooting for him, but you don't really know why. But we think, we think it lacks a save the cat moment for him. I would agree with that. I think it that definitely does. I think it lacks gravity for sure. I'm not sure that I care about any of the, I care about the crew <laughs> um, that he yes. has who turn out to be the only people with actual minds for filmmaking, which I did think was a relatively funny joke. I think that in a better world, it would have hewed a little closer to Ed Wood, or it would have had a little bit more of that sort of like love letter to filmmaking, which yes. it doesn't really have. Yeah. That's the thing. Do you know I what I mean? Yeah. So, all right. So you're, you're hitting on a thing that I kind of couldn't jibe with the, Steve Martin was already well into about a 25-year, very successful Hollywood career with almost no speed bumps, right, at this time. Sure. Uh, 20, 25-year jerk came out, I think, like in 79, mm-hmm. and he now. was almost immediately beloved, and he had a huge run in the 80s with these <clears throat> great big movies, and he was able to kind of do whatever he wants. And he, Roxanne, I'm just thinking. Roxanne and Three Amigos, and the mm-hmm. list goes on. So, like, the thing that I don't get is why Steve Martin – when he plays a director in the movie, he plays this low rent director 
and is punching down at those kind of people, punching down at like Hollywood wannabes, punching down at the wannabe starlet right off the belt. Bus punching down it. Why well, he well, is that one? I have an issue with for sure. Oh, yeah, big, big problem. That's problem. Right. The whole yeah, yeah. and the whole movie seems like yeah. seems like they're punching. He's punching down, and it also seems like he doesn't really love Hollywood that much, which feels like well, mm. okay, but like it, they've given you everything you've got, and it's kind of gone great for you. Um, I don't know that he's. I do think that he's trying to make us like Bobby. Like I don't think he's I don't I don't necessarily think he's punching down to that character necessarily. Like I think that the beginning of the film when he's talking to Betsy the dog mm-hmm. and he's like it's now or never. The opening has a little bit of that kind of quality of like this guy's got one shot and he knows he's only got one shot. And that doesn't feel like he's shitting on that character. I think he wants to be rooting for him. But to your point, it 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 teeters into, you know, caricature almost immediately mm-hmm. that you stop rooting for him because you're just like, this isn't a real person. Right. And Which they don't, you know, he doesn't explain why it's now or never. Uh, cause he, cause he got the script for chubby rain and it just, it blew his mind. I don't know. That's the impression that I got was that no, got but that, exactly that right. felt <clears throat> like you needed his people like Christine Baranski mm-hmm. And is the character name Ephraim? What's yes. the yeah? The accountant that wrote it. The accountant that these people are like, we can't. This is you almost wanted a mutiny. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. if, if it started with a mutiny, and mm-hmm. they're like, we can't. This will never happen. You keep telling us something's going to happen, but it's not going to happen. Yeah. Well, there was sort of that, but it was over the phone with right. Christine Bransky. Yes. Right, and but she it, was going to go to Edmonton or whatever. Yeah, which is not quite as impactful. No, it's just like if it. it, it he didn't have the all is lost or whatever moment to be like, this is, I have to do something incredible and fantastic uh-huh. and way out of, you know, well, there's a version where they're, they've been trying to finish something for years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he's like, no, 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 we're not going to finish that. We're going to do this script, this new script. Cause it's amazing. Right. And they're like, why the, what, what are you talking about? Like, and, you, know, you just got to trust me. I think it uh, it's so- it's where there's like there's a, there's sort of this uh kind of curse and blessing of the beginning of the movie in my opinion which is that it I appreciate that it just kind of hits the ground running and it doesn't quote unquote waste time it just wants to get into the the meat of the movie mm-hmm. but in the process there isn't the character development that's necessary for it to actually resonate with us and to be caring about these characters the impression I get is he just wanted to make a funny movie he just wanted yeah. a movie with gas yes. and okay, and that's though. and that's fine there's nothing wrong with that the- and some of that works for me but I agree it lacks uh, resonance. All right, so I have a question for you, Phil, mm-hmm. as a big Bowfinger fan. Um, <laughs> and I, I don't mean and, but, but – Bowfinger, Iskov. Here's yeah, the thing. True. You tell people that you're doing Bowfinger, people get excited. People yeah, – Yeah, people love This has the, a, a, a positive memory. It does. Uh, you know, in a lot of people, like positive imprint on a lot of people's brain. Which yeah. is – Why is that, I guess, I, I is don't my question. Know. Well, okay, so just to back <clears> up a second. So when my wife was like, we're doing Bowfinger, <laughs> I was like, this is a movie that I've tried to watch four or five times in my lifetime and mm-hmm. never gotten past the first act. And so I'm like, I finally have to watch it. And I think part of it is like everyone says it's so great. And then you start watching and you're like, it's fine. I don't understand it's that. Fine, It's fine. And I, then yeah. the Chubby Rain thing, it's never a thing. You don't actually see the you don't chubby, see rain. chubby rain. It's true. They do. And they the do, other thing, they don't show us the chubby. There's rain. this trap when you do when you make these kind of things, especially like in TV, where 
you ultimately at the end when you're quote unquote watching the film with them, you want to see some things that you haven't seen before or see them put it together in a super interesting way. Yeah. And it was just shit you saw before. And like, I want to try to answer that a little bit. Cause I, I, I would do love think for that to happen. I'm going to try before you answer there. Okay. There was a movie. I can't remember the name of it, but I'm going to get it in one second that uh, Kyle Mooney made called Briggsy bear. <laughs> yeah. Which I heard. Did anyone yes. see that? No, but I know of it. Briggsy bear does that thing you're talking about. Where he's making a movie, and at the end, you're like, "Holy fucking shit!" Right. They actually did they made it, it work. Right. Yeah. Well, I, I think that what I was thinking about as you were as you were asking this question is that I've often had moments where I'll be sitting on set, and it'll kind of occur to me how silly our industry is. Like yeah. what what we actually yes. physically do is really stupid and silly. Mm-hmm. Um, well, but more you, more of, you than me. That's <laughs> very important. Touche. Um, but I get what you're but, saying. But and I think this movie kind of weaponizes that the idea that what we the actual making of yes. television and movies is is silly. It's inherently a silly thing, and he kind of takes the piss out of it a little bit in a way that I do think is a loving thing. I don't think he's doing it to say like fuck this industry. I just think he's kind of saying like, can we just for a second. But I think get some perspective. I don't want to get to a summary point right now because I think we're supposed to make these longer than this. Generally, Um, but yeah, you're wrapping it up. Are we done? (laughs) Wrap up. You guys can keep going. Whatever. You guys can keep going. No, but I wonder if because like you guys are saying, which I think is true. Like he just wants to make a funny movie, and he has certain things he wants to do and things that he thinks are funny. But it's like you're in a no man's land of like trying to say something, and then not trying to say anything. And then it doesn't fully, cause I think there's a lot of ideas that I think people think are in the movie mm-hmm. completely that they are projection, going that on. there aren't, yeah. that aren't fully in the movie. I would I say like, that. look at the disaster artist like that. I liked this more than the disaster. Oh, I liked the disaster artist really? much more than this. Really? Sorry, guys. I did Holy. think about the disaster artist. I, I put it at too. the end too. I said it was one of the last things that, that it reminds me of the disaster artist, but the disaster artist is funny. Yes. And it's also True, which is why Ed Wood is a much better movie than this. Too. Oh, I think Ed Wood is better than this. Obviously, you do. Uh, like Ed Wood is an amazing movie, yeah, yeah. right? But the 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 fact that Plan Nine is a real movie and Glenn or Glenda is a real movie, you don't have to worry about the absurdity yes. of Chubby Rain. Just like you don't have to worry about the room. The room is. I mean, look, I, th- I didn't dislike the Disaster Artist. How just could to be you? Clear. It's tremendous. I <laughs> liked it fine. <laughs> yeah, but I I just didn't absolutely adore it. And I think, I don't know, there's something about the fact that this movie allows me to kind of turn my brain off a little bit and just have, like, it's a, it's a fun, silly movie. Whereas The Disaster Artist is kind of trying to do a lot of things, some successfully, some not as successfully, in my opinion. I think there's still a lot of good here. I don't mean to, like, yeah, be no, shitting no. at it. I think there's still a lot of good. I think Eddie Murphy's really funny. But I, he's I, yeah. so barely in it. I mean, that's With, another flaw. You mean Jif or? Both. Jif is I mean, I think so barely in good. It. Amazing. Jif should be in it from the so jump. So here's the thing. Here's I, the thing. I, I I'm going to just say, first of all, it took us a really long time to load the movie last night. <laughs> um, and we watched it with our son. This so. is a nightmare. She's wrote down notes about me trying to load it. <laughs> <laughs> Yelling at them. <laughs> this is the podcast. When you say load, this is the content we want. We were trying to get it off the Stars app, and it wouldn't load. And then he had to get. So the, started with Directv. That one. The Wi-Fi. Was, then I had to restart. The Stars the, app is problematic. Then we were like, let's clear. just buy it. And stars like, products are problematic as well. There was a lot of fighting going on, so we started in a negative it. place before we started watching. But um, okay. But then, <laughs> it was just me yelling at them. But Four kids. While, you while can do the train we were waiting. You can do the line about the train. What's the line about the train? 
You wrote it down. All I know is... If there was a train driving through our room, I would throw you in front of it right now. Yeah. I believe I said <laughs> I wrote Hunter's Calling Me a Nightmare. Also, I was I was singing Bowfinger to the theme of Goldfinger, and they didn't know the theme to Goldfinger, so Bow I started singing. Like what are you saying, they? You and Augie. I know the theme to Goldfinger. Oh. I'm just like, what is this? You just didn't like the bit? <laughs> By the way... By the way, it took her forever to get the goddamn Goldfinger to load. That's so then true that too, was like the I knew the joke. Working. You watch, uh, and then wait. five minutes later, she starts singing. I'm like, yeah, no, I already, I already got it. You're, you're watching s- the Goldfinger DVD too? No, no. Right, just trying to listen trying to, to, to the stream song. this. Oh, oh. Oh. <laughs> there was like we're like an internet nightmare. But all I, the lot, when you said you were going to throro me in front of the train, Augie, our um, 12-year-old son, laughed so hard that he got the hiccups. But anyway, while um, while this is happening and we're waiting for it to load, and it's not, I started to write down the fact that I did see this movie in the theater. And then I decided I'm going to write down what I think it's about, like what you I remember. would love this. Oh, that's great. Okay. That's, and then I wrote best and, get yet. And then I wrote, get maybe we won't actually have to watch it if I completely remember the whole movie. All right. Because we didn't know if it'd load. All right. Okay. So I wrote, okay. So I think Steve Martin is a producer, like a failing producer, and he's trying to get a movie made, but he can't get the funding. And then he finds Eddie Murphy, who is not an actor. He's something else. I don't remember. Okay. I do remember that Eddie Murphy had to run back and forth through traffic a bunch too. of times. The, I think that the, was in the trailer. One of the, the best trailer. And, and that he thinks I it's think. safe, but it's not. Is it possible that this movie is a precursor to Windy City Heat? That's what I wrote. Yeah. I th- Which I Windy City Heat? True. Oh, Windy City Heat. It was a Comedy Central movie that you have to watch, but it's basically like a giant prank of these guys. I can't remember their names, but they, they do a lot of stuff at the comedy store. And uh, they basically – it's with – Kimmel's one of the producers. These guys are like Kimmel guys, and they – fuck with this one dude who's just like a really gullible dude who's their friend and they basically make an elaborate thing where he's getting cast in a movie called Windy City Heat and he's going to be the star oh stop anyway it's, it's a two hour movie it sounds great about the is it is it great guys it was 1999 hilarious yes I'm kidding it's not <laughs> no, it was early 2000s early 2000s it's 2003 but it seems brilliant it's, I'll it's watch so it. good but like for example when he shows up for the audition wearing like a leather jacket and a hat and then Carson Daly walks in for the audition wearing the exact same thing. And he's like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. Like, it's just shit like that. But like, he can never, he can never figure it out because oh, they're just so, so good. at. Good. It's like, uh, right. you, you guys ever watch Josh Mo show? Yes. Oh, it's, Josh, Josh it's Josh Mo, yeah. except just uh, yes. one long elaborate. So one huge ruse. That you can't believe this dude is completely bought in. But I so, think the, yeah. the point of <clears throat> me writing down what I thought I remembered or what I thought the movie was is like, I did not at all remember that there was the real kit and that they were following him around. For like half the movie. And completely, the whole satire of Scientology completely forgot yeah. about that. Mindhead. Mindhead. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe at the time, I didn't know what they were talking about. I certainly didn't know what Mindhead was in 99. When yeah, I, I think that was ahead of the curve for sure. Um, I... Yeah, I mean, I think that th- there are story issues that I noticed this time around. I thought that Jif was in it a lot more because he left such an impression on me when me I saw too. it yeah, back me in the too. day. I thought it was only him. I thought it was only him. Um, they they take too long to get to him. Yeah. For sure. I th- Yeah, I thought it wasn't only him, but I thought that they had nothing to do with the actual kit. 
in my memory. I didn't remember him being his brother. Yeah. I, yeah, I, the brother thing was a bad was like yeah. a bad reveal. It was a bad reveal yeah. and then he doesn't use successful. it really. I, yeah, I don't know why. No, they better. used it for like one There's time one to find call. out when he was yeah, 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 yeah. So, when he was what? leaving the And then I, I was like he needed to be and I remember the Smashing Pumpkins joke from the yeah, theater. The Smashing Pumpkins joke. I remember it's a real clown. Seeing it with my dad and thinking there's no way he's going to get this joke. You know? I don't yeah. even remember what's the, the joke. Sm- what's the- she says, I love Smashing Pumpkins, and he says, yeah, I love doing that, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. Like, okay. Because he's trying to relate. Trying to right. relate. And it was right. interesting because my dad was trying out. to relate Did to Did not me. like them making out. That was not something I enjoyed. Her character well, is not. not. I didn't. Okay. Although I don't think it's Heather Graham's fault to be no, fair. Because we have we have Spy Who Shagged Me, which was in '99, and we that was her fault. That was her fault. She's not good in that movie. Oh no no no! I don't think she's, she's actually bad. good. I think she's good. I think, I think she's, she's really good. I think she's I think actually terrible. great in yeah. the movie. Yeah. I agree. Like especially when she's quote unquote acting, because yes. sometimes that's tricky. Like when she runs out into the street after the car. <laughs> she's is very like, funny. Yes, yeah. so it's funny. a lot of arms yeah. and legs. Yeah, it's just like. She looks those, like one of those wind things. Like, yeah, like, yeah, the inflatable wacky yeah, tube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When, yeah. I mean, you Which see a lot of Muppets makes sense. in Frank Oz's It story. actually yeah. makes true. sense because it's always a wide shot. Yeah. So she has to be big. Yeah. 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 There's no coverage in this movie as well, which makes, makes you wonder how it's, it's possible. You could ever through, like horrible, yeah, like windows and yeah, yeah. screens. So why do people like this movie? Well, but I, I'm think, so, that, I, I think that's funny. I the fact that there's I no like coverage, that part of the it. fact that I think that's funny. Like I don't know how you could possibly have. He gets what? one take from one angle. <laughs> no, I think, you know, I'm with it. you. I'm with you. And they're, they're, stealing, they're stealing the camera from like Warner Brothers, but they just get one. It's like yeah, it's yeah. like such it's a weird. Also, they yeah. put the tape. They put the name of the movie. They put yes. Chubby Rain on, <laughs> on the. Yeah. That's that's how they get mm-hmm. caught. Like why would you? Well, there's also yeah, on the they kind of it's a throwaway line um, that. I mean, it is what it is. But at the end, when he's like, I, someone should have told me I needed clearance to be able to use any of this footage because obviously you can't just. Stacy right. and I just wrote a pilot that that's the end of it. Basically. <laughs> yeah. But like, I'm watching this whole movie thinking, <laughs> um, this deep before, I mean, obviously for the concept, you need it. But right. like, it's, it is, there are logical issues. But again, it's supposed to be a silly comedy. So how much thought should we be putting into this stuff? It wouldn't be such a big deal if it was funnier. Okay, that's true. I mean, if it, you, if, you would yeah. you would excuse it. You would if it was. I mean, Dumb and Dumber has nothing but logic issues, but who cares? Because it's so funny. Yeah. Okay. I thought this movie was funny, so it. But you know what I mean? Like, if you don't think it's funny, then I, I don't know what to tell. You. I don't think it's not funny. I just, I, I what I can't understand, and I, I keep coming back to this is like, I really think this is hailed as like a a, a triumph of uh, yeah, I, of studio cinema. I, I agree, and I don't. Get why this one rose above other ones. I agree. That's what I think well, the trick it's is. It's a weird year for comedy, as we've talked mm-hmm. about. There's, it's a real sort of, the spectrum is broad. There's a lot of just. Well, Phil, Y2K was coming up. It's it was. Like, Everyone was, yeah, wants to yeah, be yeah, funny. Nothing was funny. Yeah. But the, end I, of the world was coming. There are obviously better comedies in 1999. I'm not suggesting that this is the best comedy of 99. Um, but I still enjoyed it. And I still think it's, I don't know, I it's. When I was done the movie, I, I will say that there was a moment for me, probably, I don't know, 20 minutes, half hour from the end, where I, I don't want to say I tapped out, but I kind of was like, it lost my attention a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and it goes very big at the beginning, at the, sorry, at the end, that I'm sort of fine with, but it, it is what it is. I think it starts strong. I like the first hour more than the last half hour, 40 minutes. Well, I think it feels like the plot feels very mechanical at a certain point. Yeah. And like the stuff with the Laker girls that kind of is supposed to tie everything together. You're like, it's a real deus ex machina there. Mm -hmm. Oh, totally. And also like, they're a couple of, yeah. 
oh, thanks for going out today and trying to get some extra footage. Like that's yeah, how it yeah. solve. That's how they solve. Yeah. I will say this. Steve Martin, as a writer, because I, I was looking at his writing credits, is it's you know it. So he does the jerk, mm-hmm. um, which is like truly yeah, brilliant, great movie. so funny, such a specific character. And I he does the man with two movie. brains, which I think is also quite funny. Okay. Okay. I love that movie. Um, Three Amigos, great Roxanne, mm-hmm. L.A. Story, mm-hmm. A Simple Twist of Fate, which I don't know what that is. I've seen it. Uh, you seen it? No, never okay. seen it. Uh-uh. Uh, Bowfinger. Then, uh, then Shop it's Girl? Shop Girl, which <gasps> I like. Shop don't Girl. hate, but I have not mm-hmm. seen. Wait, since. book or movie? I mean, I Both. liked the novella, but he I wrote don't... the novel and he did the screenplay. I don't think I saw the screenplay. I mean, I don't know if I saw the he, movie. The problem. Sorry, <laughs> I'm just having a mint. It's just you sound weird. Oh, we don't care. I do. Wow. Okay. People will be like, "What's wrong with your wife?" <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's, um, Sorry. Brought to you there might be some a, uh, ASMR people that really get off on it. So, you know. I'm not one <laughs> of those. Wow. I was disgusted. Um, yeah, I, 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 I wasn't disgusted. Uh, but I'll say this. Shop <laughs> Girl suffers a, a little bit from the same problem that this movie does, which is. But what about Spanish Prisoner? He didn't write he that. Didn't write that, was that. that was David Mamet. Oh, Jesus. he's in it though. But <laughs> what I was going to say is, Jesus. Steve Martin is is you uh, look ridiculous right no, now. No, I'm just I saying it's feel ridiculous. I would be really impressed if he he did it's the screenplay not, for the no, Pink Panther reboot that nobody saw that, yeah. that nobody yeah. wanted. My kids sure. have seen it. Uh, <laughs> Great. But here's the big thing about Shop Girl and this movie, which is Steve Martin being paired with Claire Danes in Shop Girl yes. and him being paired with Heather Graham in this. He's yeah. too old to be with right. these women. Can I ask uh, you ask, ask a question yeah. on that topic? Yeah. In the movie, he says he's 49. 49. And then he makes a joke about how he could pass for 36. But how old was he really in 1999? I want to know. I think. Kenny and how old was, was a dear, sweet Heather Graham? I looked this up for the same reason I you think did. Heather Graham is in her late 20s, early 30s. All right, so... In 99? Already? 54 for Steve Martin. Wow. Okay, so he shaved that's off five years. That's fair. Five years. years. That's, that's, and that's that was, you know, that, that was when it was released. Uh, she is 49 now. She was 29. Okay, so yeah. Okay. Yes. Um, he just... 26. He, he that's 26 older. years older. Why are you making a weird face like you're going to parse this out? It's 26 no, 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 years. No, no, no. That's insane. No, no, no. You almost double her age. I, oh, I'm not. I'm, She's not what I'm cut him slack. No, no, I'm trying to, of course, like I do. I'm just trying to think of the fix. Like, I think I like. It's really. Have him not fuck her? Yes. <laughs> well, I mean, that was kind or of. How about she not fuck everybody? everybody that's but the that problem. was her fucking story. So if, she, if that's her story, yeah. it would have been interesting yeah. if he had been the one holdout. Yes. If someone had been a holdout. Yeah. But it's it's such a bad, mean, cynical, down-punching story. That I agree with. Horrible. It's, and then the Anne Hesh dig, which I didn't even know was a dig well, at the end, which is that he dated Anne Hesh apparently in real life. And then she... Oh, she's with a woman at the end. Yeah. Oh, so that that's what that was. Generous. Right, because <laughs> that, was just, cool. <laughs> that was just out of left field. Made no sense. I mean, I actually didn't mind that. In 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 theory, as, no. As for yeah, because of the Heather Graham carrot, what's her name, Daisy? Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, she is trying to get ahead by all means necessary. Yeah. Like she's not, yeah, she doesn't care, sure, and she has the power, I guess. Yeah, but it's not by because it's, 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 it's a weird top. way for him to throw shade at Anne Hesh. Well, yeah, but I, I'm, I'm just saying no. story wise, yeah. I was like, okay, so she's equal opportunity. Fucking her way to the top. 
I it's, don't know. It's not a great look. It's the characters. Bad. There's no character. There's no character. And it goes beyond just no, Heather right. Graham. There's some weird stuff with Kit. There's some weird stuff with the Mexican. The day labor. Oh, the day labor stuff is, is the awful. lowest. There's the just low. some real like problematic <laughs> shit <laughs> that like you know I agree. just doesn't age well. And in general, like we don't have a role in the podcast, but I'm kind of prepared to institute one right now. Like. I don't really hold the problematic stuff against the movie, but I think it's important to call it out for what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of so, course. I mean, this is that is that is more of a symptom of the time than it is of the movie itself. And like, I mean, again, okay, and, and I'm not making excuses for it. I'm just saying. But I, I'll, I'll to, to piggyback on an earlier point. Like, it is a um, it is a manifestation of his privilege that he's able to make those jokes and get away with it. Like, this whole thing just kind of feels a little uncomfortable to me that Steve Martin gets to do whatever he wants in Hollywood and has for 40 years, makes those jokes at those people, people people's expense. He, who does he punch up against? Robert Downey, the coolest guy in the movie? Like, yeah. like he doesn't make one, he doesn't take one dig at anybody Robert above Jr. him. Robert is the coolest guy in this movie? Is he not? He drives a cool car. He totally high status. He, like, big leagues everybody. Does he do anything bad? He's no. just cool. Um, There's no commentary on that character. I don't. I don't know that he's. I mean, the scene where in the restaurant <laughs> where he's awesome, Ladome, the, the yeah, Ladome, yeah, yeah, I used to go there all the time. He's awesome just because kidding. he's a dick to to Bobby, who's the worst, who's a fucking scam artist. Yeah, that's the thing about Bobby. Bobby is a Bobby is a scam artist. Right. He's also he's also a thief. He's also a philanderer. I He's- think. I think. But while we're at that scene, I think that's a good example of a scene where, if he's faking the phone call on a phone, like a on a cell phone, it's like a way better scene than having the car phone cord hanging off the phone, where you're just like, "What reality is this?" Where Bobby Bowfinger, it just makes you go, "Bobby Bowfinger is fucking inept." Well, because that that can't work. He just has to take the cord out of the fucking phone, and it makes it feels very much like a sketch comedy. It doesn't. Yes. It doesn't necessarily yeah. feel like a comedy that's grounded in reality. But it makes me want to not root for that guy because I'm like, oh, he's an idiot. He can't even pull off the most basic of a phone makes, scam see, that you've seen a million times. And and maybe this says something about me, but it makes me feel sorry for the guy as opposed to thinking that he's inept. Like, did I you think he him, really had him on the phone call? No, I'm not an idiot. <laughs> I'm saying that it makes me feel that that's the thing about the the Robert Downey Jr. of it all in that situation. The reason that that scene is is a little cringeworthy to me is because Bobby's really trying, and Robert Downey Jr. is making fun of him. Yes. So I, that that to He's me is but you're saying barely trying. You're saying cringeworthy in a good way. Uh, I don't necessarily know one way. I don't know. I don't know how I no, feel about cringe because it's inge- it's engendering like- exactly what the movie wants you to right mm-hmm. wants to in you. It makes you feel bad for Bobby because right. you're, yes. you're, but I'm you're saying offered. I don't feel bad for him because the cord's hanging off the phone and he's an it like he's not even it it reeks to me of someone should have given him that note and had someone given him that note he would have taken that note. Um, but I don't think that. No I, way, maybe he, maybe no, he wouldn't he have taken do. the note, no, but I think so. that's what he thought was funny about that it. movie was sold mm. based on him describing on the phone that scene. I just think he thought that that's what was funny about it. Because otherwise, I think it's because otherwise you've seen it before. This yeah. is this is probably. I mean, this is a very silly movie. It's playing for that thing, and again, I don't know Steve Martin well enough to say this, but 
is that not kind of there's his a, shtick? I mean, is it not to be kind of silly? This is on the sillier end. Oh. There's there's one gag that's silly that I want the whole movie to be. Okay. I want the whole movie to be the the guy in the trunk, the alien in the trunk covered in tinfoil who pops really? out with the, with the gun. <laughs> like to me that like is actually funny, actually surprising, actually like that was actually surprising within the context of the movie. I did not see it coming and <laughs> I love that? that that's the I, – no, I'm okay, not against it. That's it's just, so funny to me. I was like, we're but, definitely not talking about that moment. I no one say, will bring that up. I'll say my but favorite. And I like the what, I like the actual like the what, when Efren melts yeah. with the cop and I like the cop's acting. The cop's acting. <laughs> I think there's the actually a lot of good acting. shit. The cop's acting is great. I think there's a lot of good shit. I was going to say the moment that I was like if the whole movie could be this – the dog in the heels. Yeah, the, the dog, dog in the heels. Dog in the heels, funny, brilliant. Yeah, and there's a lot- some of the Christine Baranski stuff was really <laughs> yes, funny. Yes, like, she's very her, funny. She's yeah. amazing. I mean, she. I also, and it's inside baseball, but I appreciated the the somewhat cleverness of some of the stuff they were doing to actually shoot the movie, like the homeless person sign being a reflector. Yes. Like, no, that stuff's great. That stuff. I mean, I enjoyed that stuff. I think it's again. I. I this is really not my bag. Like I don't particularly like broad comedies. I don't like things that are big and silly. I think the reason that I lock into this one is because it's about an industry that I'm a part of. Right. So I appreciate that good. about it. It's a pretty good movie. So holy you know. shit, he just turned again. No, I'm not. Tra- I'm, I'm staying. Like I'm trying to say <laughs> right exactly. I, I have my grade, and I know what my grade is. It's in my phone, and I think that like. It's a pretty good movie. Is where I was before, and it's where I'm going to stay. I think, but I'm it's not a. Do you guys think it's a bad movie, Hunter and Stacy? I just think it's a mess. I, I like yeah. it's a complete mess. To I just me. th- yeah. I, I think didn't do my. Well, Roger Ebert does not agree with you. I, I just I will say dead, when I saw so. it. He is. When I saw it, yeah. I did. I remember liking it. So. But I find it interesting that you're saying you normally don't like this kind of movie, but you did actually like this but because it, of the subject matter. Because of the subject matter, I found myself enjoying it more than I would normally. I don't particularly like big, goofy, silly stuff. It's can, you, just, can you give another example of a movie that you feel like is tonally similar <laughs> to this? Because you know, we do have our, our ambassador of tone here. And you, did, you started. The, I was. The tone I was discussion. getting ready to start talking about tone. Yeah, our ambassador of tone, and I do yeah. think this is a tonal disaster. Yes. I think it's a tonal disaster. I think in a world. Here's what I'll say. Because okay. I think. Um, I think uh, Jeff running across the traffic is just. It's whatever. <laughs> it's iconic. I mean, it's what everybody remembers from the movie, from the trailer. I think it's so good. It's hard to believe that the character who can't figure out to take the cord out of the phone when faking the phone call can come up with this is how we'll shoot this thing, which seems much more I totally inventive. agree with you. It's it, <clears throat> and so tonally and that it, he's willing to like if I'm if it's supposed to be at all grounded for even a second. Yeah. That he's willing like when we got when we got to the part where he's running across the thing, I'm like, he's gonna be ki-. like <laughs> there's no way anyone survives that for a second. Like it's so big. Mm-hmm. But I, got- I think just setting the tone the the tone within the world and making it all make sense is important. I got it. Yes. Okay. I got it. I know I've been grasping for it. I know who I wanted him to be. I wanted him to be Saul Goodman in that small time con man thing where every one of Saul's cons, you're like, Oh wait, that is actually kind of genius. 
Oh wait, that is actually kind of genius. Well, because because the reflect the homeless person having a reflector sign is. is genius. Yeah, the dog in the heel thing is genius. In what they were like, it's ridiculous, and Phil's laughing at me. No, I like that scene. No, but that's 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 an ingenious. I agree. Also, telling like it, the, his explanation to his crew and the other cast yeah. about Kit being very particular mm. and not you're not allowed to meet him, like all believable. Like that was really grounded, and he kept Christine Baranski going for. This Quite is going to sound shitty because we're all TV writers and we hate this note, but like you want him to be good at his job. Like you want him to be. That's what I'm getting at. A good filmmaker. Well, a good small time con man yeah, yeah, yeah. filmmaker like, who has the town wired, but like from the bottom. Yes. That's you what know? you want him. Yes. You want to root for him because you're like, oh, this guy actually has some small talent. Yes. yes. Or that he has been a great con man, but something has changed and it's not working anymore. So like. Now he needs to change the plan. I don't know what. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah, the con man the who finally gets a good script. I just yeah. don't get shorty. I don't. Well, oh, yeah. he's got a very. He's a little bit Gene Hackman in this movie. He's definitely got that quality to him of of being sort of a B filmmaker, that sort of thing. It also looks kind of like Get Shorty. It's shot very similarly. I would have done the exact opposite with the, Gene. Gene Hackman to me feels like the worst player in the majors. You know what I mean? Like he feels like the last guy on a roster, but he's still playing the same game. Mm-hmm. He's still doing it, doing it by the rules, right? And he got the good script, and now he's like going to try to move up, kind of like this guy who made Green Book, right? This guy, this guy who wrote Green Book <laughs> after his dad uh, was making like sci-fi movies, yeah. Right. And then like he wrote a script about his dad, and you know we can talk about that. Is he making a, a romantic comedy right now? I don't want to talk about that guy, but. Because that's Amore, I believe. That's Amore. That's my exact point. This guy makes movies called That's Amore. All right. So that's Joe Gene Ackman. Right. I want the guy. I mean, we, I don't know, you guys. I want the guy who came from some other industry who is like a car detailer and like knows like how to like move all the angles and knows how to like cut costs and all these things, but it's really fucking good at it. No one takes him seriously because of it. And that's why like I keep coming back to the, you know, but I don't – I mean, I, I hear that, and I, I would certainly watch that movie, but I don't think that's what they were going for. I feel like – I think they were going for something really silly. And and listen, it vacillates in tone. It's not successful in terms of him being good at his job and, and then bad at his job. I agree with all of the things you're saying. But it, it's clear they didn't care, but also I just don't think that they're aiming for the same things that, that you want them to be aiming for, which is fine. I mean, the movie just didn't work for you in some ways. But How does Bobby Bowfinger pay his rent? Dude, I- <laughs> no, and there's a line at the end where the actors are like, "Wow, we were doing this movie the whole time, and I could have actually have had another yes, job." Yes, and I'm yeah. like, "But you weren't being paid for the movie anyway, so what did you?" I think? don't know. I mean, I listen. I'm not. I I can't. I can't ride for the inconsistencies in this movie. But my point is Boo. that I don't <laughs> really don't care. I don't care. Like it's a comedy, and and it worked for me in the way that I think they thought it was supposed to. Yeah, and that's and and but isn't listen, that, that being just like unfair to comedy and being like it doesn't have to make sense? It's just I wasn't say, I wasn't saying that, but this comes back to your tone thing, right? He's Which is if you if you lock kind of into funny. a movie, <laughs> if you lock into a movie and it works for you, then yeah. it doesn't fucking matter. That's true. So again, like I I agree with you, and when we were talking about Chill Factor, it's a perfect example of that movie was just a, a fucking disaster on numerous levels, right? You yeah. couldn't lock into it, so. The, the the asks and the buy-ins were just never going to go for it, right? right? So if if Bowfinger doesn't work for you, you're not gonna you're not gonna buy in. 
which is fine. Like I, again, I'm not. I'm really yeah, yeah, not yeah. suggesting that anybody at this table has to agree with me. I think it's a pretty good movie. But anyway, I'm gonna give a synopsis. <laughs> Forty five minutes into this, uh, on the verge of bankruptcy and desperate for his big break, aspiring filmmaker Bobby Bowfinger, played by Steve Barton, concocts a crazy plan to make his ultimate dream movie, rallying a ragtag team that includes a starry-eyed ingenue, played by Heather Graham, a has-been diva, played by Christine Bransky, and a film studio. Gopher, played by Jamie Kennedy. He sets out to shoot a blockbuster featuring the biggest star in Hollywood, Kit Ramsey, played by Eddie Murphy, only without letting Ramsey know he's in the picture. Bowfinger opened on August 13th, 1999 in second place behind The Sixth Sense, uh, but ahead of Broke Down Palace and Detroit Rock City. Uh, It would go on to make $98 million worldwide on a $55 million budget. Um, $55 million budget? In in nineteen ninety nine, so that's like Christ. that's like ninety probably or something probably close to like that. Twenty five million. That's, paying that's what I was going to say. Those I mean, two were the, the irony the above the line is. Yeah. Yeah. but the irony of shooting this low budget, yeah, fifty five million dollars. Yes, it's like yeah, it's ridiculous. Oh, uh, Bowfinger has stamped eighty one percent on Rotten Tomatoes from critics and sixty one percent from audiences. That's, that makes that feels sense right to me. To me. Yeah. Um, I'm going to read a little bit of Roger Ebert's review. Uh, Bowfinger, written by Martin and directed by Frank Oz, understands how deeply people yearn to be in the movies and how fame can make you peculiar. Like Mel Brooks is the producers, it's about fringe players who strike out boldly for the big time. The shabby frame house on a dead-end street has a sign outside promoting glorious enterprises, Bowfinger International Pictures, but inside everything is in debt, desperation, and dreams. Bowfinger is one of those comedies where everything works, where the premise is not just a hook, but that the starting point for a story that keeps developing and revealing new surprises. Like a lot of Steve Martin's other writing, it's also gentle and good-natured. It isn't a savage. He isn't a savage ironist or a vulgarian. And when he makes us laugh, it's usually about things that are really funny. Shell-shocked in this year of gross and grosser comedies, we can turn to Bowfinger with merciful relief. Hmm. I think that he really, as we've read in all of his reviews, most uh, at least in the comedies, he just really thought everything was gross back then. I mean, and, and I guess to some degree, American Pie... Yeah. And things like that. Like you've been doing this for a while. Like what other comedies? I mean, the comedies that we've covered thus far, I mean, it's, it's. I'm thinking South Park was yes. probably yeah. top of mind for yes. him. Well, that was not like. And oh, just as a, just as a show. Yeah. But as a show too, it was just, that was yeah. in the zeitgeist of, that was like the big popular thing. He's also just, I mean, I, I think that a lot of um, critics tend to sort of intellectualize comedy, which is kind of the death of comedy. Right. So I think that when you have stuff like South Park or American Pie or whatever that feels like it's just gross, it's if you are a quote unquote high minded person, you might be thinking that this is beneath you in some way. I'm not suggesting that that's the case, but it feels a little bit like he was. Projecting. I feel like there's a great tradition of gross out comedy though, like sure. Mel Brooks, like you know one of the. the one of the great comedic scenes is the farting scene for Blazing Saddles. It's true. So I, I don't feel like, or, you know... Uh, which he apparently likes the producers, of which Of course also, he does, because, I mean, you know, or, or the, you know, Zucker Abram Zucker group. Like, sure. there's a lot of, dis- like, the shit hitting the fan, and, mm-hmm. and, like, there's a lot of stuff mm-hmm. that I think, that I think high-minded critics... Yeah want to make you think that they're, you know, down to party and say, okay, no problem. I don't know if that's, (laughs) you know, I would argue, I would argue that film critics like this movie because it's about what they do and they want to think that what they do is like really important and that everyone wants to have a piece of it. And critics are. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. 
Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Totally people who are grasping at being a part of the industry sure. but aren't really in it but get to comment on it. So I could see why they would feel... So like maybe it's like they would relate to his character. Maybe I think there's also to your point about Steve Martin. I think there is this sort of Steve Martin is untouchable. He will become like out of towners comes out in 99. But and still, that is sort like, of the he, beginning he, of, of a real kind of fallow period. for uh, him. But like three years later, he's hosting the Oscars and he's back. Like, it, but that, it always feels like he either wanted to work or didn't want to work. Right. You yeah. know what I mean? Because of this kind of like perception yeah. of him. Yeah. This, he, he, he his his public persona is like a high minded idiot. Yes, but I think everyone knows he's a brilliant man too. Yes. Like he's he's pulled that thing off, which is really hard. I agree. I just think like of the movies that you mentioned that he's written. Those other movies they had an element of heart to them. Mm-hmm. Like when he's trying to woo Daryl Hannah in oh, Roxanne. Roxanne. Well, but that's Cyrano. I mean, no, but it was gr- it was but great. Can't, but you can't screw it up. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, he would have to deviate I, and, so I, hard. and I even remember L.A. Story, which obviously he's dating Sarah Jessica Parker again, inappropriately aged. But it does feel like he's much more in on the joke in that than in this. Yeah, I just. Yeah. And, but he was still making fun of L.A. Yes. in so many brilliant ways yes. in that movie. But I think I was caught up in a that these are real people who care about each other and what's happening, mm-hmm. even if he had said to Ephraim. To anyone like if he had said to Ephraim at the beginning, like I'm so glad you wrote the script because what's Christine Baranski's character name? I don't know, but basically, Never. like Christine Baranski, I've mm-hmm. been trying to get her up mm-hmm. the right part. Mm-hmm. She's amazing, and I've failed, and I'm doing this for her. Like I don't know. Yep. I just want him if he was doing it for any, or even if he was doing it because he loved Christine Baranski and like didn't want mm-hmm. her to leave. Because well, because well, I think in Hollywood, everyone that works in Hollywood, you're like. If I was in charge, I would pick these five people to go with me on my journey. Or right. You want to feel more like they're because it's the bad. It should be the bad news bears. You should feel like he's got this. Well, and it, yeah, and to that point, it's like this movie tries to do the exact same thing that happens in Ed Wood, where it cuts to all the people in the audience, yeah. the crew, and the various people, and then shows their footage, um, and it doesn't work even remotely as close as it does in Edward because you care about the characters in Edward. And in this movie, you're just like, Oh yeah, he shot that. So we're, it's really one-to-one stuff as opposed to like having an emotional resonance, Mm -hmm. which is a problem. So I have a question for everybody in this room. When you first moved out to Hollywood, Mm -hmm. did you guys meet with any producers like Bobby Bowfinger or directors or, or people in the industry? A little, I mean, there was, there there's some people that just like quote unquote had things going on. Oh yes. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, for sh- that's definitely someone who existed. Who I don't know if they exist in the same way now because it's like a weird. Oh, they do. I know they do, but, but it's their like, shit's going like. But it's like online, deep Netflix. Like, yeah, yeah, like yeah, the yeah, people yeah. doing yes. like yeah. yeah. But, I I had um 
Those people are getting huge Netflix deals. I yeah. had a job. <laughs> Yeah, they're making green book. Um, I know yeah. I had a job with this woman who I was going to be like her office assistant and they, they were, they were British and they were producers and I just did air quotes. Um, <laughs> so you guys can see mm-hmm. it in your minds. Um, and her claim to fame when I got, I worked out of her house, there were pictures of her with Elizabeth Hurley all over the place. That was clearly like what got her here or, okay. or whatever. And they were producing movies. I don't know what they did. I never saw them. Mm -hmm. I never saw a script. I never saw them have a real meeting. Most of my job was I would like come in the morning to the house and clean up from the party the night before. There would be like (laughs) empty bottles and like Uh solo cups and whatever. And then, um, but I don't know that they ever did anything. And then the best thing that happened was, um, I had to answer the phone and the phone rang one day and um, I pick it up and I'm like, hello, Elizabeth Hurley adjacent pictures or whatever it was. <laughs> and uh, they're like, oh, hello, is, is, is Julia there, please? I'm like, she's busy right now. Can I take a message? And he and the guy said, yes, tell her it's Richard Gere. And I was like, what? Really? Like I was so <laughs> excited <laughs> that it was Richard Gere. I think amazing. it was Richard that Gere. That and also because it seemed like they were so unimportant and didn't do anything. I was like, I think I said, really? <laughs> and he was like, I'll call her back and like hung up. And then of course she comes out, clickety click in her heels or whatever. She's like, darling, who was it? And I was like, ah, uh, I think it was Richard Gere. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, oh, yes. Oh, my goodness. Yes. I've met him at a party the other night. And did he leave a number? And I'm like, uh, he didn't really want to leave a number. <laughs> like, I didn't say that I totally sure. nerded out yeah. and like freaked out. I, I picture yeah. that she's actually his assistant. And he's calling her, like, where the fuck is she? That's fantastic. <laughs> and that's his house. Oh. Yeah. Uh, just uh, wrap around follow up is that um, this woman that I worked for, it only lasted a couple weeks because. I think at some point they're like, oh, we can't pay you, darling. And I'm like, of course you can't. You're not doing anything. Um, I ended up working at this place that made um, softcore porn and erotic thrillers for HBO, which is a whole, that's a different podcast. But um, mm-hmm. Any of them in 99? <laughs> uh, no, it was a little earlier. Okay. It was a little earlier. But um, one day there was a casting session. Uh, for some of the actresses in one of the soft cores and who's in the waiting room. Oh no. Fucking Julia. Uh, this woman. Oh, wow. It was kind of heartbreaking. Kind of? Yeah. <laughs> Cause I knew That's- she was fake. I like knew she was struggling. And then again, I'm just now an office <sighs> assistant in a different place. It's a tough town guys. That's so dark. <laughs> well, I also had written one of the, episodes that she was auditioning for i didn't go into the audition because i didn't want to see her that's it but you know can't top that one yep you rise you fall um so on a total tangent yeah uh, not that that wasn't (laughs) um apparently the eddie murphy part was originally written for keanu reeves i don't know what that movie is that is that is a disaster oh bad this movie is better (laughs) than that better than that i mean i don't know what that movie is how? Like it's 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 crazy. Well, because I think what Eddie Murphy does get you is when 
when he's complaining about Hollywood, yeah. you're like, oh, this is real. Yeah. This feels real. Yeah. And feels like when he fires the gun yeah, and the, everything. The Shakespeare like, thing. Yeah. Yeah. All that says so Shakespeare. Did you, yeah. What'd you say? Yeah. <laughs> all yeah, that stuff yeah. is really good because you, like he just get, lends that gravitas to it. And you're like, I believe that anyone else. And I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. The other thing I noticed was that this movie in a, in a, in a nice way is, is like pre paparazzi in a way. Yeah. Because like the fact that they could follow him around and mm-hmm. sneak in yeah. and, and, and all of that, that. could yeah. you could yeah. net like it was it was of a simpler time. The fact that he was paranoid that he was being followed, like now someone of his caliber have you ever seen Eddie Murphy anywhere? Like you wouldn't no. see the, the yeah. that level of star you yeah. would never see out in the wild, you know? Even just like the shot when the first shot they get of him driving out in his limo. Yeah. yeah. And she runs out of the I'm like she, there's no way she's oh, getting no. into yeah. the house no. she to be, be able to run be out. Murdered. I was also <laughs> yes. just shoot her. I was also electric by, fencer yeah, whatever. Yeah. Like I did just watch airplane with my kids. With my kid who will watch it with me. And which then take one? the good one. Airplane. One out of which, four. She, which kid? Oh, Rollins, the good one. Like, she- <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, we're watching Airplane. Yeah. I, I did not mean the good one. Yeah. Um, and that was, you know, 1980, right? Yeah. It, obviously about 20, 20 years before 99. And that looks like it takes place in like the 1930s. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This looks like. You could like have it, said any number I would have believed. 19, <laughs> 1870s. The first movie ever. Yeah. Made. It looks okay. like. <laughs> yes. It looks like Thomas Edison yeah. directed this yeah. movie. Yeah. But this movie looks like it takes place in like the early 2010s. Like. It looks. Are, it has like, like a very decent. like yeah. Wes Anderson y thing about it where it sort of has this quirkiness. Yeah. That makes it slightly timelessness. timeless. Yeah, yeah. For sure. But. That There's just, also no to me, technology really. To like the outside of the technology, and it made me think the only thing we've advanced is the technology. Yeah, the movie architecture yeah, yeah. mm-hmm. is this fucking same. Like the city has not yeah. progressed architecturally yeah. in 20 years. And yeah, when the Pacific Design Center shows up, yeah. the, head, the place of Minehead, I was like, yeah, yeah it's the that same. looks right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's still the most high tech building in LA. <laughs> <laughs> the place where everyone wants to be. Yeah. <laughs> what is in there? Um, Half entertainment. Is it? We yeah. work. There was a big there is we two work there. In there. And, yeah, two we works. And then just like design like studios. Actual design. Like straight stuff. up like furniture. Who can afford? Are Nobody. there people that go there and buy rich, things? You're not allowed. If you're not a people. designer, they won't even talk okay. to you. Because I've tried to. It's like buy appointment if you're an interior designer. And you have like a card. It's, or it something. is such a gargantuan amount of space. Like the real estate in. I can't even imagine. I have had a meeting in there. Oh, yeah? Yes. And the. Uh, and the it was like the the person's office was like the only office on like an entire floor. Yeah, that's what yeah. it always feels like. And when you go there and park, <laughs> it's like you can only park on the fifth floor or something, mm-hmm. and you drive past four thousand spots. Yeah, and you're like, <laughs> I was gonna say you're the only car on the in the fifth lot. floor. <laughs> What the fuck is this? For those of you not in LA, you don't know what the Pacific yeah. Design Center is. It is it's, this giant. Primary color building in the it center. Looks like Lego no, there's yeah. sorry, there's three of them. There's three the green building, yeah. the blue, blue building, and the red, the red, red building. building yeah. In the center of the city, like yeah. the best part of Beverly Hills, basically, and nobody West ever goes there. Yeah, I'm never. I drive past it all the time. They yeah. have. They always have like Oscar parties there. They do, uh, okay. and like shit Whoa. like that. Should we um, pause for a second? Whoa. No, no, no! Keep going, guys. Keep going. These <laughs> microphones just flew right off the. Okay. No, it's not your so fault. Um, that, that, was, yeah. that was Kenny's fault. It was pretty great. Definitely though. my fault. I liked it. Yeah, it just kind of flew like the microphone it was, was attracted to me. It was yeah, like something it's, out of it's a rejubby rain. Building. 
And I don't, I, I remember there was a rumor at one point. I don't know if you were still at UTA. Oh, at the time, yes. There was a rumor that UTA yeah. was going to move into the Pacific Because I think the, oh. the red building is relatively new, right? That would have been cool. One of them is new. The red, I, I, I worked the at the WeWork the, in the red building for a little while. Yeah, the red one's like the new building. Was there a room there? Or did you like it? No, when I did the Imagine Impact thing, that's where they—that's where they're based out of. It's not user friendly though. Like once you're in the WeWork, you're fine. But if you want to go out to get lunch, it's really difficult. It's huge. Yeah, Yeah. there's not. Yeah, it's acres. I mean, it is. It is. It's acres. It's really huge. There's no easy way. I think the only time I've been there actually was to see a guild screening of something. Oh yeah, they have a screen. I've been there for screenings. Yeah, yeah. That's the only time I've ever been there. And when I walk in, it's just it's empty. There's never no, anyone it's in there. There's it's never just, anyone in there. Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand it how it works. It must be working, though, because it's been there since Forever. Mind Space. Mind <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. was there. Yeah, so that was 20 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. So uh, we'll breeze through the plot here because we've hit a fair amount of it along the way. But uh, basically, the movie opens. Bobby Bowfinger reads this script. Uh, he has $2,184 to pay for production costs, which is one of my favorite lines where he's like, cash. Movies only cost two thousand dollars. That was great. That was great. That was great. And he's and like, it's was, back end. It's, it's all it's, these things. Uh, but, yeah, but that also was like cash. That also felt very real. Because yeah. like anyone who like has ever made an independent film or anything, it's like when you go rent a camera. Yeah. It's like oh, it's five hundred a day or whatever, yeah. and they're like oh, you're just making it yourself. Oh, it's like it's like one fifty a day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, it's it's like when you get when they charge your insurance at the hospital. Yeah. Right, like it's right, always right. more money. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, you're like yeah. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, sure. That was good. That was um, I do really like that line. Uh, there's also, I mean, as you mentioned, the Kit's sort of speech that he gives to this. I guess it's his agent. He's complaining about sure. the fact that the KKK is in the script like 300 and something times. Perfectly divisible by three. Perfectly divisible by three. Yeah. Um, that was great. He goes to Mindhead and he meets Terrence Stamp. And he, and he does have a great line where he's like, uh, even though I feel like I might ignite, I probably won't. <laughs> Yes. I could really relate to uh, to Kit here. This that scene, was his yeah. like third mantra. Just for right? Yeah. <laughs> just, I, I like, think keep it together. Keep it together, keep it together. Keep yeah. it I think at that moment also that felt so Eddie Murphy. Yes. Like what that just felt like all his scenes felt like a documentary about what Eddie Murphy was actually yes. doing. Yes. Like yeah. I guarantee most of that is just him. Wasn't a stretch for him. I'm very yeah. surprised that you say it was written for Keanu. I yeah. I believe that every Eddie Murphy role of the last 40 years was written for Eddie Murphy yeah. because he's the only Eddie Murphy. And I'm sure he's the only one who can do this. Yeah, I mean, of course, yeah. but even just conceiving it for I anybody agree. else and then saying, "Well, we didn't get Keanu, this like washed up guy who was in Parenthood with me." You have to get a star for this. Hey, to play that, part of the story yeah, to that is huge part. Also, yeah. Yeah. to play both roles, both that's roles. very hard to do, and I don't he know does it GIF, really well. What's the GIF version of Keanu Reeves? Like, I don't know what that is. It's just Keanu Reeves. This is all this. <laughs> <It's> just- <laughs> well, Keanu is one of those guys with two characters, right? So he has Keanu, and then he has Stone Keanu. He's like, action Keanu and, and, and Stone Keanu. Yeah, so he yeah. could have played the other one. Yeah, whichever one he doesn't play. In. I think it's also so. Apparently, they had a six-week window to shoot. Eddie Murphy's role in this because he was shooting Life at the same time and uh, Nutty Professor 2, The Clumps. Mm-hmm. So this sure. had to somehow fit in that window in between there. So just like the movie. So, yeah. <laughs> kind of. So there, they had it to does get him to and like, from I set. I want to see that documentary. <laughs> of, uh... But I do feel like there's a lot of kind of pointing the camera at Eddie Murphy and just letting him do his thing. Like I, I, I think part of it is I, he claims, there was an interview that I read, he claims that it was all on the page. 
okay. I mean, he's giving Steve Martin a lot of credit. Maybe but the it Jeff is, stuff but is just it's, it's just, just yeah. Come up with a character and do it. That was yeah. And he also said that uh, apparently Eddie Murphy didn't want to use any prosthetics because I'm sure he was tired of being covered yeah, in yeah, for yeah. the clumps yes, or whatever. Yeah. But I think that also works. I think that had they done something to him, no, not as it, good. You just it just braces. That's really all you need. Braces and cornrows. <laughs> you need the lo-fi. It needs to stay low. And the clothes. He was just, oh my God. He like, was so the great. The baggiest clothes. That and he his cried. awkwardness. Yeah. Was and really he's kind good. of sweet. He's really sweet. Oh, I love really that he sweet. just wants to run errands. Yeah. <laughs> 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 to go to Starbucks. <laughs> After he runs across the street. Yeah, it was perfect. That, yeah. Like, yeah. It, was, it was such a specific brand of nerd. Yes. Like the nerd who's yeah. like really yeah. excited about See, like seeing the boobs. That's why I wonder. I'll show my butt. Sure. Right. That's why I wonder though if my. And remembering it and thinking, oh, yeah, I liked this movie. Clearly, that's the part I liked because I thought it was the whole movie. Yes. And it could have been. It should have been. Truth. Right? It should have yeah. been. We yeah. found a kit. Yeah. We found a guy who looks like it. Yeah. I don't. I, we I have the script. The, we can't get the guy, but yeah. we got yeah. a guy. So I think let's you, just do, go for you do one scene where you shoot real kit. You yeah. didn't need right. as many scenes as you got right. of Real Kit. It was repetitive. It was repetitive. And although I will, I do think that Eddie Murphy's reactions to yes. what's going on around him are pretty And priceless. the fact that he thinks he's losing his mind. Is great. But like, then maybe you have like. It is good. Yeah. Like that stuff was like. Yeah, 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 yeah. The yeah. fact that also when she's, when she says alien love and he's like, why'd you have to say alien? Like he starts freaking out about aliens. He thinks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which also feeds into the and, whole Scientology. And it really right. did. That part weirdly didn't feel forced to me. You know, that felt well set up with the Scientology part totally. and making an alien movie. Like, yeah. these are two very Hollywood notions, and, and bringing those together was not the worst part of this movie. Yeah, that stuff, I mean, it, his fear is, and his sort of overreactions do make those other things worthwhile, but I just don't think we needed as many of them. Mm-hmm. I think you probably could have done, truthfully, you could have kind of folded two into one another. Like, I think you could have had Betsy the dog and the could have been the same scene as the scene on the patio. The like, other, I think you could have mm, constricted. The that. other version you guys talk about, I think is a very good movie <laughs> where, where you, you claim that you got kit. Yeah. Yeah. And you just use his twin brother. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. I, I think that the, um, let's remake it. <laughs> I do love. So during the Betsy scene, uh, with the dog and the, the, the high heels and Bobby afterwards turns to Dave, the cameraman and says, what did you see? And he said, I saw fear and insane looks. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was I do funny. think that yes. there's just like, <laughs> it's so crazy what they're putting this man through Yes, that it is good. It's just not worth probably a good half hour of content. Like, I think that there's just, they just don't need it. In that version of the, there's a version of that movie where they are secretly filming this guy and fucking up his life (laughs) that then leads him to a complete breakdown and meltdown, which could be very funny, but that doesn't really happen. But no, but they get him close though at the end, they get him close. (laughs) But if that would have led to him having like a meltdown and, Jumping off, yeah, jumping building. off a building. Yeah. <laughs> then it's like, then you really have. Oh, took a I turn. do think. I do think that um, the at the end, not to jump ahead, but at the end when Eddie gets in the car with Heather Graham and he just finally just he just gives himself over to whatever the fuck is yes. happening, yeah. Yeah. is kind of fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's good. But you know, um, so then we have the freeway sequence, which we all think is obviously really funny. Yes, um, it's uh, as as improbable as as it is that he would survive. 
Um, it's still very funny. Yeah. Um, I do love also that <laughs> Steve Martin's like, you did it. You did it. It's great. It's great. We need to do it one more time. Yeah. 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 Do you, no, think you, you don't think you could cross a freeway? You think I run across the 405? Well, okay. I think the fact that no cars are even I stopping think, or I slowing think you down could or anything. Have. I think you could. I think, yes. I think you I think could in heavy, heavy traffic. Those cars sure, are it's it's slow. Tra- yeah. But the amount of cars and how fast <laughs> they're like going. A, it's it's, they're they going like 100 miles an hour. I don't mean to like say a that it's a, I don't think to say it's a done deal. Yeah. I'm just like, I think... I think above fifty five percent. Above fifty percent chance I could do it. But I think Thanks that's. The, but I think that is. That's the only one way to find yeah. out. Yeah. No, but I think that's what. That's when they're hitting the tone correctly. Yeah, I agree. Is when you're like, there's a three percent chance you <laughs> yeah. could have done this. Yeah. Okay, I'm in. Yeah. yeah. Like versus going like, oh, this is absurd. Yeah. There's no way. Yeah. Uh, then we get to our least favorite part, which is Bobby and Daisy making out, him stealing her credit card. Like, it's just. Yeah, this guy sucks. Guy, that, that is bad. Like, I don't have, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna. And I don't even, I don't know that you needed it. I don't know, I kind of liked it. Well, it's just you like, because you thought, it was, credit you thought it was a Costco card at first, so I don't know. I did think it was a Costco card, which I thought would be a good it's twist. That, that he can only get stuff twist. there. It's just not that clever. He has unlimited amount of no, money at Costco. That they, but to me, it showed that they're all willing to do the lowest thing to get what they need done. Sure. And that's what she was doing because I didn't, you knew she was going to, that it wasn't a romance that she was going to fuck the next person she She, needed to fuck. So I think he, they were, we were being shown that he's smart and he knew that too. So he's like, you're going to fuck me around. I'm going to take your credit card. I didn't have a problem actually. I do, I do think I, I that's it. I don't know. Uh, moving on. Can't, um, can't so, argue. No, 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 you can't. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So then we have the the scene that that you like with the with the co- the cops acting is tremendous. Yes, I um, like him in the scene in the movie. Yes, yes, yes. So I like yeah. them all. Yeah, I, I like them all. I just like that guy. Like, <laughs> guy's one of my favorite actors. I want to specify and then just be real general. Yeah, it's yeah. the exact same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like him in this and also everything. Also, <laughs> did you guys notice Never John seen that Cho? In my life. Yeah, John yeah. Cho was in yeah, it. John Cho's in five movies in '99. I got crazy. three off the top of my head: Is American Beauty, yep, um, fucking American Pie, American Beauty, American Pie. This movie, this movie, and then I think there's yeah. there's like two others or one other. But yeah, he had, he had a very it was a formative Peak year Cho. for him. Yeah, it was. Uh, they cast him all year. the time as one line day players. Yeah. Yeah, he is in uh, American Pie. He's in a TV series called The Magnificent Seven. I don't know what that is. He's in Bowfinger, American Beauty. He's in Godzilla 2000 as well. Oh, so we have that to look forward to. So, yeah, we do. What is Godzilla 2000? It's a Godzilla movie. Was it released in America? That's Broderick, yeah. right? It's 1989. No, that's not Broderick. No, no, no that's no, not no. the Broderick. Broderick one? is like 96, 97. Godzilla 2000. Oh no! Why do we agree to do this podcast? You don't like Godzilla? You think it's going to be worse than Show Factor? Uh, no, I don't. I, I don't think it's possible. Well, it's not possible. Um, <laughs> uh, we, we watched Simon Says with Dennis Rodman, which is better than Chill Factor. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. That movie I was is a big Dennis Rodman guy. Yeah. So you that know. movie is bonkers. <laughs> that movie. I, I, yeah, that movie is at least so far, like so far gone that it becomes enjoyable to watch. Yeah, you're just like, whatever. Chill Factor is, as we can all agree, uh, boring. Uh, final scene there at the observatory. They get Kit on board basically, and they need him to say "gotcha suckers," but they can't get him to say the line. Mm-hmm. What are we? What are we rolling our eyes at? Godzilla two thousand is like it's like seven steps back from Godzilla with Broderick. It's it's <laughs> it's, the, it's it's like the claymation man suit situation. Yeah, but you know who's an enormous? We have a we have a great what, guest who, for Godzilla. Who directed so it? Takao. Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> 
This is I'm so sorry to everyone who's listening. Okay, so back to back to let's back, back to Bowfinger. Um he uh during the filming Ramsey becomes terrified, struggles to deliver the final line. Um, and then Terrence Stamp shows up as the head of Mind Head and somehow yeah. gets him out of there and blah, blah, blah. Uh, and that's when everyone realizes that this whole thing was a charade. Um, I kind of, I have, I don't know. I liked Christine Bransky saying, I think it was a beautiful lie. I don't know. Maybe it's I, like just, I thought it was yeah. a nice, like it's line. a nice yeah. thing. It shows whatever. All that, all that stuff would have just landed yes. so much better if it was just set up better at the beginning. Like it, mm-hmm. it doesn't, it wouldn't have taken that much. Because they have much. no investment in this particular film. Yes. So I agree with you. They needed to just a little bit. I, um, yeah. Are we to the ending ending? Uh, we're almost there. We've the B roll footage, the Laker girls. Mm. Uh-huh. Uh, that whole thing uh, where he shows, like it, she shows it to the to the Laker girls. Yeah, uh, they laugh at him, um, and then uh, they blackmail Mind Head with the footage. I, it's a little bit of a that was super convoluted. I mean, just as far as like, yeah. wait, but what? I'm like, why does it, I guess it would be the equivalent of uh, footage of Tom Cruise or John Travolta and going into Scientology and saying we're going to destroy one of these main money makers for you. I guess is the yes. That's kind oh, of that was the second Deus Ex Machina. Yes, nothing but Deus Ex Machina at the end of this. Back one. to back. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, and then uh, they advise him to finish the movie, so he does. They do a reshoot of the one the moment line, of him screaming. Yes, yeah. Um, what was the line? I'm going to get you suckers. Gotcha suckers. Gotcha suckers. Um, I didn't really, I enjoyed the footage we got to see of the movie in the movie theater at the end. Yeah. Um, because it made no sense. Like none of it connected and I don't have any idea how that movie could have worked at all. Yeah. It opens with him playing tennis. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Just from B-roll footage. Uh, and then, and then we get the thing at the end, which I don't love. Why is why is Bowfinger in the movie? Are you talking about fake the person ninjas? Yeah, no, why is it very why is he in it? But why is he in it? I and why that's by the way that's thirty million dollars of the fifty five million dollar budget is just yeah. that. You didn't stupid like that scene. ending? I was like, I thought yeah, it was this too is big. Fun. I was like, finally, <laughs> you were like, finally, this movie's fun. <laughs> but why is he in it? And why does it look good? He's in it because like, I think truthfully. I think this movie was promoted. This movie got $55 million because Steve Martin and Eddie Murphy were in a movie together. And they did and they never made a movie of them together. being together. And they wanted to Dude, have Dude, it's like the, the beginning of, of Tropic Thunder. It is not. That is, that is insane. <laughs> but, um, yeah, you're giving it. Every frame of the beginning of Tropic Thunder <laughs> is better than. No, 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 no. I'm just saying the fake trailers <laughs> at the beginning of Tropic Thunder are amazing. Right. But, Eddie, but, but Steve Martin is a director. In the movie. There's no way he's in the movie at the end. The only reason he's in the movie at the end is because people, some studio head. I just thought it was meta. Had, I did not think it was really part the of whole the whole fucking thing's meta. Story. Then you have to like the movie. Well, maybe I do. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it's happening. Um, I just, I fake person ninjas to me was just, it's rough. It was just really, really silly. Like it crossed a line for me and I was just like, I can't, I can't get on board can't with come this back. anymore. I also thought the FedEx thing was so sweaty. Like, oh, yeah. what's Horrible. going on, guys? Yeah. Like, that's yeah. what he wants? Yeah. <sighs> Which, by the way, we've never heard that. Like, if oh, the no, FedEx... He says it at the very beginning. Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's oh, all he wants. One day, the that's FedEx... That's the only thing he cares about. That's, that's what he go. cares about, That's though. his fucking drive. That's, that's, that's his... his it's not an Oscar. Yes. It's not, you know... He just wants the FedEx truck to bring him a goddamn package, which is, like, very attainable. You don't have to make a movie to get a FedEx package. That's true. You just have to buy something. Yeah. Or have someone yeah. send you something. I mean, like, I guess back then it was harder. <laughs> but like yeah. in these things, like 
You always want it to be slightly more interesting where it's like if he said, I want to be on the cover of Hollywood Reporter, then at the end he's on the cover for being a scam artist. Yeah. 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 Then you're like, he got the thing, but it wasn't the. So many ways to fix it. Which is, I think, kind of what he thinks he's doing. Unfortunately, I think you might be right, Phil. No, hundred percent. But it's just not because well, got something. Well, that's to like Hunter's point. So yes, it seems like it's, he's doing the thing where he didn't get what he wanted because he gets a shitty yeah. offer for the shitty martial yeah. arts movie called Fake Person Ninja, which is racist. And but, but then they then racist. they put it out there, and it's 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 a spectacle. He, he's so happy. Yes, he's ending, so fucking happy. The ending of the movie <laughs> is when he gets when the FedEx guy delivers him a thing. They get the movies made. They watch the movie. What you're talking about is like the joke that happens after the credits. It's not part of the movie. I just don't think that the ninja movie, the purse ninjas, is a joke. It's like the, the jokes that happen during the credits. It seems like one of the music videos where the like it's so like, wait, you don't think kind it happened? of a- did it happen? Uh, what? Did, did I know, any of it happen? I, I know, I mean, what's the question? I know what Stacey's saying. Well, I understand saying I what you're saying. I don't include it. I don't include it in the story. You don't include the, the part of the movie as part of the movie. No, I just I, I think it's a, that's why I'm that's why I'm comparing it to Tropic Thunder because it's a very hard needle to thread. The, but you might no, 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 no. That's a hundred percent incorrect. That's a hundred percent incorrect because. All of the the trailers you're seeing at the beginning of Tropic Thunder are setting up the characters and where they are in their careers. And that's why Jack Black is on Coke and is a fucking maniac. Like Al because he's doing the he's doing the shitty fatties movies. All of those things are setting up the universe. I see oh I love it. I just I I see that, but they don't they aren't part of the plot they are proper. I'm saying they are hundred percent. Because Tug Speedman's coming in <clears throat> off of all these Scorcher movies, okay, right? Okay, I'll tell you what it is. Here's what it is. Okay. I'm going to compare it to okay. the 40-year-old virgin when he has okay, sex. Age of Aquarius. I'm with you. That's what it is. When they're uh, all singing Age of Aquarius, it's like the thing that needed to happen happened. Right. He had sex. The thing that needed to happen, he got his stupid FedEx package. Right. We are now in a fantasy world that is not part of the story proper. I got another one for is you. Is it like the end of This is the End when they play, when they sing the Backstreet Boys in yes. heaven? Yes. Yes, I was Same thinking thing. it's no, like, but that's. Re- I, I think that is heaven. That's that's really heaven. Yeah, because I think that is it's in a world where they kill a giant demon. Yeah. I mean, come on, you're in a different. Re- yeah, you're in heaven. Yeah, but I was thinking enough. maybe even more than that. It's like the end of something about Mary when they sing yes. Buttercup. Yeah, and everybody from all right. different parts of the movie are now together, and they're all just having a great time. It's like and you've Brett Favre is the there, but why? She's doing. Be- it I, I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> That is why Steve Martin is in that section because it is a fantasy. I know, but it's stupid. It's a joke. It's a very expensive joke. It's it's, it's (laughs) unnecessary. But I'll also say this: I to to kind of uh, harken back to the beginning of the podcast where I was talking about. I didn't see Steve Martin and and Eddie Murphy on SNL, so I don't have that touchstone. Wasn't sure. I know he wasn't, wasn't on it for very long. He wasn't a cast member. Okay. Well, but, but you understand but my he, point. But he was a regular guest. My point is, this felt like an SNL bit. It felt like they wanted to yeah. end with everybody being like, look at these two acting like goofballs. We'll end in a freeze frame of them basically high-fiving each yeah. other. And that's that's what we're going to do. I just didn't like the joke. 
That's all. Like I, I, I thought that. And it's, I mean, it's it's what it is. It is but. so crazy to me how much you guys like the movie, and then that bothered you. Like, oh, to be clear, I don't like the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like that part. I'm as I'm versatile enough to hate both of them. So, I found it refreshing. I thought it was fine. Can uh, I, I just want to say one other thing. Because I was, as we were talking about this movie, and as I was watching this film, it made me think about the documentary American movie, which the best. is also a 99 film. Um, have you done that? We have not done that. You have to do, I, I, I might want to do, do that. There you go. That's the, I mean, I that's, that's what's tremendous. That movie is tremendous. Because that movie is... That is like blood, sweat, and tears. That's a guy who thinks he's making a great movie. That is like you are a fucking disaster. But I get <laughs> yes, I get, and you're all, and you're also like I know you, like 100%. you know that person for sure. Yeah. I don't know Bowfinger necessarily. I don't right. want to know Bowfinger. But they're also they're well, real people. Like it is a documentary, so in, inherently those people are just like. But I just mean that type of yes, person yes, where you're just like, oh, you you're fucked. Yeah, <laughs> like There's you're just so, so much good so stuff deluded. Yeah. Why did but, Bowfinger have a fake ponytail? Okay. For that one joke. For the one which, joke. Which, which, by the off. way, my 12-year-old dying laughing. Yeah, I loved it. Dying really? laughing, yeah. He also was like, oh, he's got a ponytail. I Wait, thought the I reveal of the ponytail gone. was funny. Because uh, you don't see it in the beginning, and then he like, puts his head down. I'm like, oh, he's yeah. got a ponytail. Oh, no, no more ponytail. It's Listen, I'm not... I'm, I, I'll be interested to hear you call that, ratings. You call that a, uh, but, a down and back, right? An up and back. Up and, an up back. and back, yes. I don't know. In the I industry, call you call it, it an up and back. Kenny, I begged you to learn. <laughs> <laughs> we sent you a glossary <laughs> of... Jesus. A down and back. Yeah, I mean... Yeah. Uh, I went down and out in Beverly Hills. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> call it the old down and out. Up and back. I feel like I haven't seen it either. That, what, Nick Nolte's I think it's like Nick Nolte's Homeless. Oh yeah, yeah. you've never Dreyfus? seen I've that never movie. Seen We're saying we've never seen that movie. Yeah. There is something. What year is that? So that so incredible about that movie. That movie really? is awesome. That movie exists. Totally exist speaking, today? yeah. Why not? That, but, but totally speaking, that movie exists in the tonal space that only has been hit in that one movie. Where like mm-hmm. we're like the a drunk bum and a like Beverly Hills. Dad, who's yes. rich from a weird fucking industry, makes wire hangers, actually our best friends. And the thing about it is, like, I believe it. Like, it really speaks to that whole, like, midlife crisis thing that you'd rather be. He tries to drown himself in their pool? Yeah, but it's not that dark. Okay. Um, it's like that thing where, like, Hunter and I would, like, rather be on the middle seat in a plane on our way back on a yeah. cross-country flight mm-hmm. than doing dad stuff. Every once in a while. That was a good movie. That's the movie. That's what the movie's about. The movie did really well, it's by a, the way. It's very funny. It's really funny. And they're really Bette good Midler's together. Bette really funny. $62 million in 1986. You know, that's, that's the first touchdown movie, right? That's the, Is it really? It's like the, it, that's, that's the movie crazy. that like Eisner kind of made his bones on when he's like, we're going to make live we're action gonna movies. We're going to make different movies. Yeah. We're going to make PG-13 movies every once in a yeah. while. And that was such a big hit and like gave birth to Touchstone or Hollywood Pictures. One of the two, they were both Disney. Did you guys ever see imprints. the television show? that they did no. on it for no. the Fox network in your 20 year thing. You did. Oh yeah, of course we did a whole bit on it. <laughs> really? No. <I> don't <laughs> uh, yeah, we did a whole down and back Elizondo on it. And uh, I don't know some other people, but uh, yeah, 87 ran for uh, five, uh, 13 episodes. It had Hector Elizondo. I thought you were going to say five seasons. Yeah. And I was <laughs> going <laughs> to fall out of my <laughs> chair. Uh, uh, Howard Gerwitz developed Mazursky. it. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Anyway. Um, so that's Bowfinger guys. That's do we want to, do we want to, we want to rate this? Can you remind me how the rating yeah, system works? Yeah, so if you saw it in 99, 
from zero to 99. Yep. Uh, and then we do a ranking before the podcast and then a ranking after the podcast as though right. this might have swayed us. Although we all know that Kenny is locked and loaded in his. In his- no, no, no. I, whatever they say, I'm just going to say. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take, <laughs> cool. take the average of their. Of their- <clears throat> um, uh, so um, I'm going to go first. Go first. Why the fuck not? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we should go last so we don't sway anybody. Mm-hmm. I'll just go second and also fifth. Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, in 99, I probably would have given this film an 80. I okay. enjoyed it. Uh, before this podcast, I gave it an 81. It went up a little bit. Whoa. In, your mind. in my mind, wow. I went up just one thing, but I was, you know, whatever. Uh, after this podcast, I'm down to a 74. Wow. Okay. All right. All very high marks, though. Are they? 74 is like a... Know. We've never listened to the podcast. So <laughs> very generous. 74 is like... I, I mean, I, I generally stars don't get a, the B+. B. Yeah. So yeah. I'm, I'm usually in the 70s for well, things that I think is halfway okay. decent, but anyway. I uh, I saw it in 99. I remember liking it a little bit. So okay. I would say probably like a 60 in 99. Okay. Um, I was always under the impression that I was wrong, that, that this movie was a very good movie, and I was like too young and dumb. I don't think I ever saw it all the way through until a couple nights ago. Okay. I said, this is my final summation, it's ultimately kind of stupid, but I gave it a 72. <laughs> okay. And, that's very close. And I'm going to stick to, I'm going to say about a 68. I think that's okay. that's where this movie will, will wind up for me. It is ultimately kind of stupid, but I also think it's ultimately pretty funny. So. All right. All right, guys. Ladies, Ladies first. first. Okay. Um, I saw it in 99. I remember liking it. I very excited about it when you replied to Phil's email. Yeah, oh, Pike, figure. Did, I love it. No, it Let's did. I was both. like, oh, this will be fun. And then she said, there's no other good movies. That's the only one left. Only because you're giving me such shit for choosing. I'm not choosing again. And we're not doing it together again. But you're anyway. Goddamn right, you're not choosing again. <laughs> shit. You're definitely doing it together. You're definitely, you're doing, definitely it doing it together. You're, you're picking that, the next one. Is, you're going to pick the well, next here's one. Here's what I'm Audio good gold, guys. So Can I just say that the next one I think should be a movie that none of us have seen? We already did that. That was the idea. That was chill factor, bro. No, do this American pimp. Or you're going to get, you're going to get American movie. pimp. I believe yes. is, I want a documentary also. that starts with the word American. One of those American movies, pimp or American movie. One of those movies is good because I haven't seen those. Great. And well, she was, hasn't seen American movie. She American hasn't either, actually. pimp is a 1999 movie directed by the Hughes brothers. It's not a, insignificant movie. It's a great movie. Yeah. I'm that's a great movie. Seen but American, those. All the other ones I've done, I've seen before okay. and have, and had fond memories of. Okay. So we'll do one of those documentaries and you you guys can come on for one but of those. Hunter aside. Nuts, yeah, what are we our, what are we giving it? Our season? marital issues aside, I <laughs> give the In ninety nine. The ninety nine I would have given it a seventy. Okay. Coming up to watch it, it's very hard because as soon as it was picked, I was getting a lot a lot of flack at home about it. So I probably from our children too. Well, no, this is pre- sorry. When I say pre-podcast, I mean pre-this. So post-watching it. Oh, not pre-watching we, we it, and Correct. my Correct. husband driving. Driving in, not, in here. not him screaming at you. But okay, okay. You driving in here. Okay, so driving in I'm just here. Just hitting her. Driving her in, in here, I would say <laughs> I was kind of upset about it. <laughs> <laughs> I had, to, I had to stop her from starting the podcast in the car. I'm not exactly. I'm like, we can't. We're going to burn out. We almost out. hit record. We already <laughs> talked oh. about it. Um, okay. So so prior to sitting down here, prior to sitting down here, I'd say 50. Okay. And I'd say okay. after this podcast, I'm going to knock it up to like a 57. Cool. Nice. I would say in 99, I didn't get it. 
You didn't? Wa- did you watch it? I think I, I watched it on whatever okay. DVD, maybe. Sure. Okay. Didn't get just completely didn't get it. Over the years, I've tried to watch it. You know, it's like a very HBO Showtime. It's always on. Sure. Yeah. And so I would pop it on and then be like, no, I think I was right that I don't get this. But always having that same feeling that Kenny has that it's just like, oh, I'm probably too stupid to get this. Mm-hmm. And there's probably something going on that I'm not getting. It's exactly what I was thinking. So I was thinking, so <laughs> I would I would just say NA for, for 99. Sure. Just because I can't really give a number. But I think I think watching it I think coming in here, I would have been like about a 30. Okay. But then I'm going to knock it up. I'm going to knock it up to a 55 because I think that there was. All right. Uh, I think there's a lot of. Yeah. <laughs> because I think I'm being, I'm being a little harsh on it. I did this to, I did this on, uh, what's it called too? The, uh, Thomas, Thomas Crown. Yeah. Um, but that's well, a bad I was, movie. I was being though. like a little <laughs> <laughs> big difference. No, but I think it is an enjoyable movie. And I think there is, I mean, him running across the freeway is iconic. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's an iconic moment. Yep. Just period. That and only think, exists in that film. Yeah. But I'm saying like to be able to have one, yeah. One of those moments Very is, memorable. A, is, a, is a big deal. Yeah. And I think, I think if you don't know Hollywood and you don't know anything about anything, maybe you can turn off your brain and enjoy it yeah. on a certain level. Sure. Um, sure. Yeah, I'll go 55. It's I'm pretty sure. good. That, that, I, I, listen, I'm, I'm thrilled with the way that yeah. this all shook out. I mean, Phil, I, you did a great job. Well, I mean, you my, won. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Phil, what, but I, I, no, you, because you turned us. We didn't you turn won you. the podcast. Did I win? <laughs> yeah. Thanks, guys. I'm going to kill myself after this, and that's all you wanted. <laughs> that's all you've ever wanted. So, <laughs> so not true. Uh, so, next week, we're doing something kind of weird. Uh, we have Katesh Pandya, the founder, proprietor of boxofficeguru.com, a site I've been reading for 22 years. Um, <laughs> sort of a humble break. <laughs> I'm 24 years old. I've uh, been reading it. So yeah, I, yes, yeah, I could yeah. read when I was two. Yes, yeah, Phil. Yeah, yes. Yeah, okay, yeah. fine. They know now. Yeah. Um, Gitesh is, uh, he, he's been doing this forever. He was, he was there in the moment, um, writing it up every single week. You can actually still read his weekly write ups of the 99 box office week by week. Uh, it's amazing. On, on boxofficeguru.com. So, uh, he's the real deal. We talked about, um, all the big movies, Star Wars, The Matrix. Uh, the mummy, all of that stuff. We also talked about the big bombs. Oh yeah, and we also talked about cats. So, <laughs> <laughs> so because yes. uh, cats, yeah. So cats. So I don't know you what know. that movie's gonna be, but it's gonna be great. Uh, um, so yeah. So next week, I'll tell we you. Do- I'll tell you why I think cats is gonna make money. Well, I mean, that make money like a lot of money. Okay, because my mom has already planned a family outing to go see it. Okay, so mom and. and so many you know how much it cost right you said like 375 million <laughs> 300 million is what they're claiming right now 300 million that means it means pocket change six worldwide yeah i think i think yo my family <laughs> <laughs> i said yeah i think my family will see it enough times um as, wow to make it profitable as listeners of the podcast know mm-hmm. i hate cats and I don't want to see it. The, you mean you don't love the, the animals i was gonna say you like the animals love the animals this is actually gonna drop Around the release of cats. Twelve eighteen. This is gonna be a week earlier. Yeah. So um So you know, cats. Cats. It's, it's gonna be interesting. I'm very curious. Because I do think that the, the movie that, that that people keep pointing to is uh The Greatest Showman. As it's like not like the greatest showman. Well, but the reason in the sense that they're hoping it has legs like 
The Greatest Showman. The difference, of course, being that The Greatest Showman had a soundtrack that people really loved, and then that kind of kept uh, kept it alive. Greatest Showman also had no IP, so it had no launch, right? right? So, like, right. The Greatest Showman, like, people feel the way they feel about it. I happen to love it, but people <laughs> feel the way they feel about it. But The Greatest Showman was a success, the old-fashioned way. Right. People actually liked it. Yes, yes, And they yes. told other people about it, about it, and they movie. saw it over and over yeah. and over again. This is going to have, like, a big opening, and then whether or not it has legs. Yeah, is, I, agree I don't that. think, like... I agree with that. If Cat succeeds, <clears throat> honestly... We're in the darkest timeline. We are in the darkest timeline. <laughs> but if Cat succeeds, the only the only precursor uh-huh. is Titanic. Yeah, sure. I, I guess. Sucks, yeah. but that's the only, that's the only, that's the only model for success... I can imagine. Well, I'm looking forward to it coming out just because I look forward to us talking about the box office of it and what sort of its we'll success. We'll have to do an episode we'll, we'll, on it like we, everybody I mean, else I, on the we internet. We should probably do one. Whatever. Right? Whatever. Um, next week, we're going to talk 99 box office. 99 box office, Katesh Pandya, uh, the guru. Thank you guys for Awesome. Sure. Yeah. You're going to come back to talk about a documentary yes. of some American and That I haven't seen that Hunter's going to pick. They're both tremendous documentaries. I think they might be two of my favorite documentaries ever. So we'll there might have both. to be one episode. Yeah. For both. No, no you, just, just, you can't just do that in American you movie. You can't do that. Four or American hours. Camp, I guess. Like four hours <laughs> oh my God. Um, you guys are about to do you, another podcast. Yeah, you guys right are going to do another one. It's going to be great. Um, yeah. Thank you for coming on. Absolutely. We're going to have you back. Thank you guys. It's going to be great. And, and have a, have a Merry Christmas. <laughs> Thank you. you too. Um, thanks to uh, Emilio for doing our social media, for Jan Katas for doing our artwork and our theme song. Please rate, review, subscribe. Uh, thank you very much. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. Use the stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. 
Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. 